gang, it's Craig. You probably know that Sir Sean Connery died recently, and we're all busted up at the Men Modcast, sincerely. In my opinion, he was James Bond. We recorded this episode some time ago and weren't quite ready to release it. Not quite yet, but because of the passing of Sir Sean, we decided that we should. We hope you enjoy this special edition, James Bond with the Men Modcast. Top terrific and splendidly prolific waltz down memory lane, the Mid Modcast. And here are your Mid Modcasters, Craig, Paula, and Dave. Hey, thank you, Alan Marsh, the voice of the Mid Modcast. I'm Craig. Who are you, people? I'm Paula, and that was a swell announcement. Yeah, we love it. It was a swell announcement. And this is Dave. This time, assertively he's Dave. I know. <laughs> we have with us today author, economist, we're not going to talk economics though, although we may do a little Uncle Milty versus Keats. No, we won't. Uh, Raymond Keating, author of the Stephen Grant, Pastor Stephen Grant novels. And uh, no, it's not all religious. Don't worry. It, it, it is a little, but not, not terribly. We are so glad to have you with us today. Paula, if people wanted to find us on the internet and all of that good stuff, where would they go? What would they do? They could go to our Facebook page at The Mid Modcast. They could go to Twitter, The Mid Modcast, and Instagram as well. But we need to get busier on Instagram. Yeah, you can go to our website, midmodcast.com. You can call us at 216-309-2204. And leave a message. Let's see. There was something else. Uh, website. We have a big announcement. No, so, we don't have a big Social media. I, th- I think that's pretty. Uh, pretty we covered it Did all. Did we miss anything, Dave? No, I think we're good. Awesome. Smoke signals. Awesome. <laughs> so... Today, we're very excited. We've got some very cool stuff going on. We are going to talk about James Bond. We could just listen to this all day. I know, right? And for this exciting topic and the next program also, we have Raymond Keating with us. Ray writes these books that are kind of spy novels, and I will let him explain them to you in his own words. Welcome, Ray. Good to have you with us. Hey, I am honored to be on with you mid-modcasters. Very exciting. Awesome. You're you're a mid-modcaster now. Congratulations. You Ooh, made the cut. I appreciate that. The fourth <laughs> microphone. That fourth <laughs> microphone. 
So tell us a little bit about the Pastor Steve Grant novels. I've enjoyed uh, a few of them. I haven't read them all, I got to admit it. Uh, But uh, do tell us about first the genesis of these novels and and a little bit about the plot and who is Pastor Stephen Grant. I, I, was he actually based on my life? Is the real question. <laughs> I didn't know you then, Craig. So but oh, back when I, I was known. a Navy SEAL and all. Oh wait, that wasn't me. That was someone else. Well, a quick. I'll kind of do it in reverse. The the he's a former Navy SEAL. Then he worked for the CIA. Uh, left that life behind. Became a pastor. And then his old life shows up several years later and uh, each book kind of has that entanglement going on with his old life tugging at him, but obviously he's still a pastor. So we're up to, I'm up to 12 novels. Whoa. And the 13th one is coming very, very, very soon before Christmas. Is, is he licensed to kill? He is not, he, he's, you know, it's one of the greatest reviews (laughs) that I got was somebody saying that, uh, this is like James Bond being your pastor or your <gasps> priest. And I was like, yes, yes. this really is based on my life, isn't it? <laughs> oh, so. <That's> right. <laughs> you know, what's, I'll tell you real quick that when I started writing these, I would get uh, email and so on and so on from people that kind of quasi lived this life. And one email came in and all it said was, I am Stephen Grant. I, I was like, ooh. So I was like, what does that mean? And I struck up a conversation with this guy, and he currently a pastor, used to work for the CIA. Okay. And he relayed to me his exit interview. And, you know, his comment, I'll just share this real quick. He, he said to the person doing the exit interview at the CIA, this is probably kind of weird, right? I'm, I'm going to become a pastor. And the person said, well, it doesn't happen very often, but it's not out of the realm. We've seen it before because when we hire people in the first place, we want them to have kind of a an anchor, a moral anchor, if you will, yeah. to carry them through something. So it was, it was very interesting. But I, yeah, people that worked for the OSS during World War II went on to the CIA, then they became pastors. And so his son told me about it. So it's been very interesting to hear, hear from people with, uh, with wow. kind of parallel lives to Stephen Grant. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty interesting. So he manages to get sucked back into the world of espionage and whatnot on occasion. And you're working on one right now. Tell us a little bit about the book you're working on. Uh, it's called Vatican Shadows. Um, and it, it, let me back. The first book, Warrior Monk, had to do with uh, this Lutheran pastor and the Pope. Um, and the Pope had this proposal that stirred up a lot of angst among people. So Stephen Grant was called in to help protect the Pope. So now we're kind of back at the Vatican now, uh, 12 plus books later. And, uh, and there are things going on behind the scenes at the Vatican that, uh, that the Pope, who this Pope knows Grant from the past, and he felt the need to call him in because he needs somebody to, that he can trust and, and handle things like this. So there you go. So when the Catholics are in trouble, they call a Lutheran. Oh, okay, a Lutheran. We're not going to go there. He's a Lutheran uh, pastor. <laughs> he is, is he a Lutheran, Lutheran pastor? pastor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, you know, this, this you asked me where the idea came from. This person I've worked with for, my goodness, 20-something years just said to me one day, um, hey, Ray, you know, something's really kind of interesting. My parish, my Catholic parish, the new priest used to work for the CIA. Oh, no kidding. And I, I just said, that's really cool. And I filed that away. And then I finally wound up writing it um, and I could keep going. It, it, that's where James Bond and Ian Fleming comes in. If you want me to take yeah, that Yeah, well, step. I was Ooh, just about to ask you, segue. you know, has James Bond been an influence <laughs> on Stephen Grant? 
Well, what's in, I wrote a column, a weekly column for Newsday on Long Island for like 12 years. And uh, I got just at Hofstra University, which is a, I got my MBA from Hofstra, so I'll say great school. But um, they hold these wonderful conferences. So they were doing a James Bond conference. So I said to my editor, it's a James Bond conference. And he's like, you have to go. So off I went and spent two days uh, with academics and Bond aficionados and people involved with making the movies and wow. for two days just talking about James Bond. But what I discovered then, this was in 2007, was that Ian Fleming, uh, when he wrote the first novel, was my age at the time. So oh, wow. I had this novel kicking around in my head for the longest time. So that kind of clicked for me and I went home, I filed my column and then I started work on the first novel. So that's how Ian Fleming and James Bond kind of kicked me in the butt to get going. I didn't know there were James Bond conferences. That's I didn't a thing. know that either until I got to go to one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing or was it a one-time you know, thing? There, or there are a... Sherlock Holmes conferences. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I There's cons for everything. Ah, so you're right. Comic con. Um, yeah. Yeah, there were people con. from all around the world okay. at this oh, okay. conference on Long Island. It was fascinating. Um, it really was. Well, when you have a Stephen Grant novel, let me know. I'll show up. It'll just be you and me having lunch at. Oh. We'll have lunch at Denny's or something. Stephen Grant. Con. Stephen Grant. Con. Stephen Grant. Con. Stephen Grant con. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, in in what ways? Was James Bond influential? I mean, do, do, do the motifs seem to work their way into your books and that sort of thing at all? Or, I mean, are the gadgets and all that influential or anything like that? It, well, it's um, Tom Clancy's books probably had the greatest influence on me in terms of getting me interested in thrillers. Yeah. So that's where I kind of got started. And then um, a whole host of influences came into the mix. But Bond, the movies I always loved, but I never read any of the books. So oh. for this conference, I said, well, I got to do prep work. So I, at that time, I think I read the first four or five novels going into the conference. And when you read the novels, it's fascinating because it's a it's a very it's, it is a very different bond. It's it's a you know, you oh. see more of his character. There's a you know, there's depth there. There's vulnerability, loyalty, a lot of things that you just, you know, for the most part, can't do in a movie. And then, you know, we can talk about the movies themselves and, and where they progress to. But. Um, so there's just a, a lot more meat on the bone with Bond, I think, in, in the books. And that did have an influence on me in terms of so it, it, bringing certain things into Stephen Grant, like his, you know, he does have a knowledge of, you know, wines and, and certain beverages and some foods and things like that. So that was kind of fun to bring in. And then, you know, you put a guy like that at a, you know, uh, a Lutheran basement dinner, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can have some humor mixed in uh, along the way. You know, that, so what, that, what, yeah. it, sorry, Craig. So what, what is Stephen Grant's signature cocktail? <laughs> wow. You know, he, he, well, it's not the, uh, the shaken, not stirred vodka martini with the lemon peel, which I just love that. That just, <laughs> um, he's, he's kind of a, a, a mix between, a variety of beers and a variety uh -huh. of wine. So that's his, that's his, that's his thing. And there, I, I do have a little fun with, you know, he, he, his wife, he talks a little bit at this, in this one book in Las Vegas, he's talking to his wife and, and some wine comes up and he starts talking about, you know, what cheese goes with what wine and so on and so on. And she's just like, Oh yeah, I kind of forget your background sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought up the basement dinners and, and whatnot. So we have to go to our signature question here at this point. You've, you've, right. uh -oh. you've brought us there. 
Jello. Because you can't have a, a potluck without Jello. There's right. there's no way. So Ray, the question <laughs> remains: What belongs in Jello, and what should never be put in Jello? Well, I've, yeah, I've heard you guys do this before. Yeah. Well, fruit cocktail belongs in Jello, okay. so that's just oh, straightforward. Okay. Um, meatloaf does not belong. Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> Creative answer. Very good. Very good. Yes. Both meatloaf. of them. I don't are think different. anybody's answered meatloaf yet. So no. Or no. fruit yeah. cocktail. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about, we're supposed to be talking about James Bond. We've, we've talked about Jell-O now, so I feel good about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, James you Bond. Can you have Dom Perignon with, with Jell-O? I don't think, I don't think you would go oh, for that. Yeah, probably not. I'd be willing to try. I don't know. So James Bond is, is from the machinations of Ian Fleming, of course. And uh, so we need to talk a little bit about Ian Fleming and who he was before we can get into James Bond, because I think a lot of this was influenced by, if not Ian Fleming's life, at least his imagination. And uh, in World War II, Commander, Lieutenant Commander Ian Fleming was involved in intelligence. And I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail because I'm hoping Ray has, uh, has more than I do. But um, he was a very creative guy. And a lot of what he did was basically dreaming up ways of messing with the Germans, it seems. And uh, he came up with the idea of uh, throwing a dead body out of an airplane and letting it wash up on the shores and with papers on it to, you know, uh, mess with the Germans and stuff like oh. that. So he, he basically was involved in intelligence in very creative ways, from what I understand. And, of course, we see his creativity with James Bond also. Uh, Ray, what, what do you know about Ian Fleming and his background in World War II? Yeah, well, I do like the fact that he was a journalist, right, before and after the war, the, the war so I'm, I'm with him on that one. Um, what I found most interesting, you're right, he was, he was involved in naval intelligence during World War II. That greatly influenced his writing and Bond, and, and there were certain people that he met. I believe his boss at, I can't remember the guy, the, the admiral's name, I believe it was an admiral, yep. um, inf basically became M. Um, in the books. Oh, so oh, okay. I thought that was kind of interesting. And the other thing I had no idea about until I was looking at it this week was that he came over to the U.S. and worked some with Wild Bill Donovan, who started mm. the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, which is the predecessor to the CIA. And and uh, Fleming actually was involved in writing the blueprint to set up the OSS, which I had no idea, which is really cool, I think, actually. I mean, you know, here you have him in both worlds in terms of the CIA and and uh, and, and British intelligence. So that's kind of neat. Admiral Godfrey. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, Godfrey. Okay. I, I just looked at the all-knowing Wikipedia. <laughs> and you, it's, it's kind of interesting when you see, you know, he, he did all that during the war. He went back to journalism. He was born, his family had money. But it was set up that he couldn't that like the he and his siblings yeah he had two brothers and one was an explorer which is kind of interesting i don't know what he he was an explorer and the other guy was also a writer but they kind of they couldn't get their i guess their inheritance until their mother passed away so he was you know uh, I, he wasn't he wasn't struggling by any means but he had to keep working and stuff so but he sounded like he, from what i've read over the years he, he was kind of bored with the journalism stuff but he was doing it and then finally he got a deal with the uh the news agency that he worked for that he would have two months off a year and he would spend that in jamaica 
And eventually he wound up buying um, a house in Jamaica, which he called Goldeneye. So we should know that that was his name, one of the movies later on. Um, and that's where he eventually went, started writing the James Bond novel. So he, he, he would just, he would go there for two months and he would crank out a novel. I mean, his, his work habits, which is fascinating. I mean, there were, he had a whole bunch of habits that were problematic, really? but you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, he'd have this wonderful breakfast, he'd write for a few hours, then he'd go snorkeling or doing whatever, and he'd come back and write a little more and then dinner and so on and so on. Nice. So, you know, he, he had he had the life in many ways. Um, and But once he wrote Casino Royale was the first book, um, which was published in 1953, and then he did a book a year after that until he until he passed away. It's interesting. James Bond has been so influential on so many other books and authors uh, I, I think about there's this Lord Hawk series that's out now. And of course, he hangs out in Jamaica all the time and he drinks Jamaican rum and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. You see the influence that Ian Fleming had on the whole genre of spy novels and everything. We will next time we're going to talk about uh, our man Flint and that sort of thing. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But. Uh, very, very influential. Now, Casino Royale came out in 1953, and World War II ended in, what, 45? So in eight years, he was kind of figuring this out, I guess. Is that what you're what you're saying there? Yeah, pretty much. And, and you know, it's as I said, it sounded like he was kind of bored. And, and he says that he, he wrote Casino Royale because he was having an affair with a woman, and she was married to one person, then she was married to another person. He was having an affair throughout. Oh my goodness. And then she finally got pregnant and she left her husband for him. And so this is like Z and Fleming's life. And then they were waiting for the divorce, I guess. And, you know, uh, so he said he was writing Casino Royale as kind of his last uh, fling of bachelorhood. Ah. <laughs> so take that for what it is. <laughs> I, I was but, reading some stuff on Fleming and I I had to kind of laugh. He, he was kind of a wild child in a lot of ways. He, he got sent to a uh, military school and uh, he was released before he could receive a commission because he had contracted a uh, socially transmittable disease, I guess you could say <laughs> oh, there. Okay. And, uh, Are we all shocked by that? Y- yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of bond in Fleming, I think, as far as the, uh, oh, the man ladies. of the ladies there. You know, you were talking about the genre issue, and, and I, I think it was Raymond Benson, one of the gentlemen that wrote Bond novels after Fleming passed away. And he made an interesting comment, actually, I believe it was at the Hofstra conference that I was at, if I'm putting this all together properly. But he said the spy genre was around, certainly before Fleming. What Fleming created was the fantasy spy genre. Ooh. Oh. And I was like, that's kind of, I, I can see that. I mean, right, that makes sense. Um, you know, that because so much of Bond, yes, you have the the gritty things, but then you have obviously very Bondian things. And, right. and um, so, yeah. Well, like I said, I next time we're going to talk about Flint and some other books uh, or movies like that. But... Uh, as I was looking at, I think it was Wikipedia, might have been IMDb about Flint. It was a genre called spy-fi, which is, you know, there's the science fiction involved. And of course, James Bond gets into that a lot with Moonraker and other movies and books like that, rather. And um, that became and Moonraker, movies. the movie, has nothing to do with the book, by the way. <laughs> oh. I haven't read it, so I'll take your word for it. Right. It's like... It, it's the name. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. as, as like the novice here, I'm like curious as to 
the the books are every movie was based on a particular book is that correct or did they go no. wild on some of the movies go yeah rogue. i mean some of the books a few of the movies i think stayed pretty close to the books and okay. then other ones were pieces of books and then some others just took the title and were like, hey, we're doing something totally different. Oh, <laughs> so, but they yeah. all took a title of the of a book. Well, eventually not because you just ran out. Oh, so, right. Yeah. He wrote he wrote um, 12 novels. Right. And then there were two collections, I think, of short stories. I think oh, that's how it goes. OK. Um, so, yeah, it just eventually just kind of kind of ran out. <laughs> but, so, you know, when, when you factor in the other novelists, I tallied it up. There are now 50 novels, James Bond novels oh, out wow. there with a few short stories sprinkled in, but there are 50 of them. So. Oh, what was the 12? There are 12 what? The, did you the, mention the, the original 12? The original 12. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ian Fleming did the original 12. And then but oh. when you tally up everything in terms of the other, the other authors, there are 50 now. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. And Paul, I will make a confession. I haven't read any of the novels either. <laughs> I love the movies. But I don't really know the the novels. So, um, Ray, I was going to ask you, since you know the novels pretty well, um, I've heard that uh, Daniel Craig, the current Bond, um, is most like the Bond as he's portrayed in the novels. Would you agree with that? I think so. Either him or Dalton. Or Dalton. Um, Dalton. Okay. And huh. Dalton, supposedly, when you read, I was reading one of the, I have a Bond encyclopedia. Of course I have a Bond encyclopedia. <laughs> he was, they were talking about how when he went into that role, he read all of the novels and he really wanted to capture, you know, bring it back. Because at that point, if you look at the last Roger Moore movie, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Roger Moore as, as James Bond, to say the least. But, you know, when it gets towards those last couple it's like whoa what what are they doing here so dalton wanted to bring it back to what fleming wrote and i think he but i think you're right i think between i think it's dalton and craig and i think early connery because you know mm -hmm. when you watch the connery movies mm -hmm. there is a kind of a progression you can see where they're headed and then roger moore's like sure let's go okay <laughs> Well, let's see. Sean Connery did, uh, what, three or four, and then George Lazenby shows up. And I guess there were contractual issues with Sean Connery. They didn't want to pay him what he thought he was worth or something like that. He did He did six. Well, total. he did, He did. Uh, let's see here. I think he did five, then he and then Lazenby on, did yeah. one, and then he came back. Right. And uh, George Lazenby, there's, there's a really cool documentary on James Bond. I wish that I could remember what it is. But <laughs> they, they talked to Lazenby and he basically was saying, well, I, I got a really fat head. I, I did one movie and I thought that I understood how everything worked. And then he started telling the directors and producers how this works. And they, they finally said, okay, yeah, we'll see you later. And uh, <laughs> he kind of sent him packing, but uh, his, uh, his bond movie didn't do so well at the box office uh, compared to many of the others. So, George Lazenby is an interesting character. He did one, and uh, most people don't know that one very well, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969. And then Sean, Sean Connery comes back in 71 with Diamonds Are Forever. And then uh, Roger Moore jumps in the mix for, for a while there. So I guess we have to ask the question, and everybody needs to chime in here, who is your favorite James Bond actor? So I'll, I'll start with you, Dave. Who's your favorite James Bond actor? We only get to pick one. 
Oh, yeah. There or, haven't been that many. You know, uh, yeah, one. one and then a close second, maybe. Well, yeah, you know? yeah. But we got to go. get the so, top. You know, what's uh, the top? Well, I, I'm real. I'm really a fan of Sean's portrayal of of James Bond of 007, Sean Connery. Um, but I really like George Lazen, Lazenby's portrayal of him as well. Really? Um, I mean, I mean, they all kind of have their you know their traits that that make them good at, at what they did in each film. Um, but then uh, I'd probably put Daniel Craig third. Okay. Yeah. Paula. Since, uh, since you're kind my, of a newbie. My two. Well, I've only really seen the Daniel Craig ones, like really have watched his. So that that that's the one I was used to. And then I married Craig and then he showed me the Roger Moore. And I thought this has nothing to do with I, what I saw in the theater. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you showed me, but it was so Austin Powers-ish and, and cheesy. And I could not believe the difference. So... Um, yeah, I would I would just have to say Daniel Craig and then Sean Connery is just he's yummy. He's Sean he Connery. He really is. He's Sean Connery. That's all I gotta say. Ray. Well, wait a second. What about who are we forgetting here? Well Barry Nelson. Barry Nelson? Well, Who's yes. Barry Nelson? <laughs> Uh-oh. 1954. Oh, Casino the TV Royale one. On CBS TV? Live. On TV live on CBS's Climax. I just stumbled across point. that last night. I think it's available on Pluto, if I'm not mistaken. It's Pluto. No. Where I found it was on the uh, the Casino Royale spoof that they did in the 60s. Yeah, Woody Allen. It's in, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it's included on that special uh-huh. edition that was came out in 2002. No so way. I sat, sat down and watched it, and it's it's. Bad. By the way, he's Jimmy Bond. Right. <laughs> He's an American, <laughs> and the British the British guy is not Felix Leiter. It's oh my god, I just forgot his name. It's uh, wait, Felix Unger. Oh wait, that's, Felix Unger. Uh, wait, that's the odd couple. It's Clarence Clarence Leiter. Oh, that and sounds he's a British so, agent. Yeah, so, but who plays the bad guy is awesome. Peter Laurie. <gasps> Oh, I love Peter Laurie. No yeah. way. I, yeah. I stumbled across this at about midnight last night, and I watched about the first <laughs> ten minutes, and I'm like. I want, I need to watch this, but I'm just too tired. I can't. And uh, I was just <laughs> stunned when he came out and he had an American accent. I'm like, what? That's, right. that's, right. that's no. not right. Is it? Is it a TV movie? It or was made for TV. It's a one TV. hour. It's yeah, a one it hour live. made for TV. But it's, not, live. Oh, but it's live. I say it's like yeah. a play. Yeah. It's black and it's white. It's basically a play, right? Yeah. Oh. So if we put aside the the great work of Barry Nelson as James. I'm very close between Sean Connery and Daniel Craig, and it depends on which day you talk to me. These days, just because I watch, just watched all the, the Sean Connery movies, I'll give Connery an edge. So that's where I am. Okay, I got to go with a shocker on this one. Of course, Sean Connery, numero uno. Okay. No, no doubt. But I grew up with Roger Moore. I mean, every I'm time sorry. those movies would come out, <laughs> yeah. Dad would pile us in the car and we'd go see James Bond. And... I just have too many good memories with Roger Moore not to put him in the number two slot. As far as, I mean, honestly, if if I got to be honest, it's simply nostalgia for me. It's Uh it's not the portrayal. You're right. It's schlocky. It's It's cheesy. It's 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 bad in a lot of ways, but it's my childhood. So I got to go with Roger Moore in the number two (laughs) slot. Uh, Dave, I love the fact that you picked 
George Lazenby in your yeah. in your mix there. That's that's fascinating because that movie. See that I watched that movie the other day, and I, I kind of labored through it. And then the end of that movie though is awesome. I think it's the greatest ending to any Bond movie. I really it, do. it is. Really, um, yeah. and, and well, and part of the problem too, Ray, is that the pacing in that movie is n- not the greatest. Right. Um, yeah. but like. Craig, like you were mentioning, and I believe the movie you were referring to is Becoming Bond. Yeah, I think that's yes, it. Yeah. We yeah. Saw that. Um you know, when I when I read about or when I watched that movie and heard about how he, you know he was uh, an Australian model who basically lied his way on set. Right. I you know, I'm just when you watch it through those eyes, you know, like, okay, this guy had zero acting experience before he went into this movie. I, I think he did a really good job. I mean, yeah, it's kind well, of impressive. When you think of his background, when you think of yeah. his background, I think you have to, you, right. know, you can say Pops. that. But and and in my opinion, and this could lead to a whole other discussion. He got to make a movie with the best Bond girl of them all, Diana Rigg. Diana Ooh. Rigg. Oh, that's yeah. Dave's adventures. We we want to tell Beth. That's the okay. link to the Avengers is great because not only Diana Rigg left the Avengers to do that movie, and before right. her, Honor, Honor, Honor Blackman left the Avengers to do Goldfinger. Right. Oh, oh interesting. Which is really neat. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we're going along this this uh, scheme of things, favorite Bond movie. Yeah. Good. Uh, we'll start with Ray on this one. Wow. Um, you know, I, I just have to go back to the original. I have to look at Dr. No. It's 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 between Dr. No and Goldfinger. But I think I give the edge to Dr. No. But Goldfinger has the two of the greatest lines in the history of, of Bond. Yeah. So that's why I love it oh. so much. And I watched the other night and they're so close together. You know, when he when he says, you know, what do you expect me to do? Do you expect me to talk? And he's like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And it's like, that's <laughs> awesome. And then, of course, he's on the plane later and he gets the famous thing. He's like, who are you? And she says, I'm pussy galore. And he goes, I must be dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, like within six minutes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> two great lines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> both of those are really good. Dave? Um. Well, I know this one doesn't get a lot of um, a lot of respect, but I I really like Thunderball. It's one of my favorites. It's a good one. And uh, yeah, um, but a close second would be Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. Paula, I I know this is probably a, a question you don't have an answer <laughs> for, but I'll throw it out there. The one where Daniel Craig is really hot and uh, that going one, yeah, through a that one. <laughs> casino. The one where he takes he's off his shirt and he's really cut. He's casino, <laughs> that <laughs> one, yeah. and he's drinking and being sexy, that one. Okay, yeah, I, I know I which one you're cas- talking about. Okay. Daniel Craig with in Casino Royale. <laughs> that was it, Casino <laughs> Royale. Very close. It, that, yeah. that movie you know is so good. It's that, very close yes. to, the, to the Connery one. That really was fantastic. And... Uh, uh, they didn't do a previous Casino Royale except that that silly one with um, Woody Allen, did they? No, well, Barry Nelson, but no other than Oh that. yeah, Barry Nelson, that's right. <laughs> okay, so there's three Casino Royales. The immortal Royales? Barry Nelson, yeah. So there's the Woody Allen, the Barry Nelson, and then the Daniel Craig. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, you know, there were Colin? all sorts of IP copyright, whatever way, IP issues around that movie that I think they weren't 
it's just weird. I don't know what the story is behind it, but I know there was a controversy and that's why oh. they were able to make the spoof. And then eventually mm. Eon uh, had to wait till Daniel Craig before they did their own. So I don't know what the story that was. Yeah, behind. that's that's surprising that you said it was his first book, but they ne- they didn't do it until so much later. I mean, seriously do it. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Well, but- Ray, I, Ray, I read when I was doing my research that um, Fleming sold the original existing novels, except for Casino Royale, to Harry Saltzman, but I didn't see who he had sold Casino Royale to. Do you know? Uh, no, I th- and that's oh, probably okay. the source. I don't know, though. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go with, I, I got a twofer because they're, they're tied together. Dr. No and from Russia with love, because from Russia with love, they're avenging Dr. No, if I remember right. And uh, so, so they kind of go together. I need to watch that one. Yeah. Cause now so, that I've seen Dr. No, both, both of course are Sean Connery. So, and whose, yeah. whose favorite book was from Russia with love? Oh, I don't know. Dave. John F. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Very good. Now, who is your favorite Bond girl? That's the next question. Favorite Bond Bond girl. girl. Well, Dave, you've already spilled the beans on yours. Uh, (laughs) If it's me, it's uh, Honor Blackman is fantastic as Pussy Galore. Oh, yeah. She's great. Uh Gosh, I'm drawing a blank on Bond girls all of a sudden. I. I, Ursula, is it uh, Ursula, Ursula Andress? Ursula Andress. Last night. Oh, yeah, was, she was a good one. Yeah. Allie Berry. Allie, Allie Berry, Berry right? yeah. was very yeah. good, too. I, you know, I'm going to go with all of them because <laughs> they're all gorgeous. It's a prerequisite. And, uh, yeah, I'm going with all of them. Okay. It's, you know, this is the thing is when you get into this either-or ethic, you always fall short. It's always a both, both and. and. It's always yes, both I've and is the best Oh, yeah. Know. I've been married to you long enough to know that's your, that's your MO. Okay. All of the above. So Dave, you uh, have done a little work on uh, the uh, kind of the production values and that sort of thing. What what do you have to bring to the table today on that? Right. So you, you know, you mentioned that we, um, we, we can't not mention the creator of the bond uh, character and, you know, right along with that, um, we we have to talk about uh, Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman, um, who started the production company responsible for the whole franchise, Eon, and that's capital E, capital O, capital N. Eon Productions started in 1961 um, by founders Albert Broccoli, a.k.a. Cubby, and Harry Saltzman. Um, and their, their first major task was arranging financing for Dr. No. Um, they had a sister company, well, it still exists, called Danjack. Um, and it is the holding company responsible for the copyright and trademarks to the characters, elements, and other material related to James Bond on screen. So, I mean, the, these guys, I mean, they're basically responsible for the whole thing. In in 61, Ian Fleming sold a six-month option on the film rights to his already published, as well as future Bond novels and short stories to Harry Saltzman. Towards the end of the option period, Saltzman met Broccoli, they became production partners, and then the rest is history. And this is kind of interesting. After being turned down by several Hollywood studios. How'd you like to be the suit? Who told, who told them? Yeah, no, but no, thanks. Um, we're, not, we're not interested. Um, 
And and the answer they got was the the stories were quote too British or oh. blatantly sexual. Um, so nobody wanted to take a bite. Uh, and then they eventually signed a deal with United Artists for, get this, 100% financial backing and distribution of seven films. Wow. So, yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. So that ended up being Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, all starring Sean Connery as Bond. Then on Her Majesty's Secret Service, starring former former Australian model George Lazenby, in his one and only appearance as Bond, as you mentioned earlier, Craig. Then back to Connery for Diamonds Are Forever. So those are the first uh, seven seven films in the uh, in the franchise. And you know, of course, it's gone for twenty four films now, um, and. It's kind of mind blowing when you um, when you look at the numbers to date, Bond films. And, and by the way, number twenty five. It was supposed to be released this this past spring, but because of the pandemic, they bumped it up to November. And well, the pandemic still is not cooperating. So now they've bumped it to April of next year. So. No Time to Die, uh, which is the 25th release, will come out in April. But um, to date, Bond films have, have grossed over $7 billion. Wow. And they constitute the sixth highest grossing film series. You guys want to take a crack at what number one is? Yeah, a series. Star Wars? S- Star Wars, yeah. I, I think Star Wars. It's actually number two, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They put those together. That yeah. makes sense because there's so many more Marvel movies. It's like yeah. 20 right, exactly. something billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harry Potter is third. Okay. And then I never knew these were split into their own category, but the Avengers uh, film series is fourth. And then Spider-Man is fifth. So. Oh, yeah, so uh, the Bond films constitute the sixth highest grossing film series. Today, Eon is run by Broccoli's daughter, Barbara, and her half-brother, Michael G. Wilson. And Ray, did you by any chance get to meet them at your at your conference? You know, I don't think so. I don't think they were there. There are all sorts of interesting people that were there. Uh, Robert Davey, who played, uh, oh, who did he play? Played one of the bad guys. And one of the Timmy Dal- Timothy Dalton movies was there. Oh, All yeah. sorts of interesting people were there, but I don't think any of the the Eon people themselves were there. Robert Davy had an interesting story that he said he's good friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And all Arnold Schwarzenegger's mother does is berate him for not doing Bond movies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, I don't think Arnold's accent would quite work. for. So, yeah, he could be a good bad guy, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So was is the newest one that's supposed to be come out a uh, Daniel Craig um, James Bond or is there a new one? No, no, it is. Uh, it's Craig's last. It is. It's, his... it's to be his last appearance as uh, as James Bond. And have they and, chosen? Well, you know, I I had heard there was there was a rumor that Idris Elba was up for maybe portraying him next, but I I haven't really heard anything more about that. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of r- rumors flying around. Um, what's his name that plays Superman? Henry Cavill. Oh, yeah, he's in the great. mix. Yeah. Um, 
So there are a whole bunch of people that kind of come up, but they haven't, for, as far as I know, there's no decision or anything yet. Okay. Now I'm looking at, um, this is, this is weird. Uh, 1983. I'm, I, I saw that, um, Sean Connery reprised the role of James Bond. Never say never again. Right. But on the list of Bond movies, 1983 is showing, uh, Roger Moore. Well, it's and not official. Never say never Octopussy. again. So never, never say never <laughs> again is not officially an Eon production. They did it. Right. He did it outside. Oh. So there's actually 26 movies. If you count never say never again and the spoof. Mm -hmm. So that was a, ro a rogue movie. Then <laughs> basically <laughs> with Roger well, Moore. No, Sean Connery. No, Sean Connery. No, it was Sean Connery. So, oh, okay. Ray, maybe you know more about this than I do. So, uh, Kevin McClory is the guy who struck a deal with Ian Fleming uh, to be like a co-writer on um, Thunderball, and I've. Okay, I'm going to make a confession here. I've never seen Never Say Never Again, but some some people tell me, oh, it's basically Thunderball redone. That's that's the line. It's a remake of Thunderball, and I think they right. kind of say that. I mean, when you watch two movies, you're like, uh. <laughs> I think they say that in order to get away with kind of making it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and, I, I know, like I like the movie. I think it's yeah. You know, it was it was I think it was pretty well done. Well, the story I've always heard was McClory was never happy with um, Saltzman and Broccoli and basically wanted to rub it in their face by making this other movie. And he even managed to snag Sean Connery for it. But um, I don't know. It's just super 80s, kind of cheesy. So I yeah. haven't yeah. ever watched it. Yeah, it's, it's worth I mean, it's it's well worth especially realizing it's Roger Moore doing the regular ones. And we're like, yes, we'll see. Oh, never. Well, I'm sorry, Craig, yeah. but we'll see. Never say never again. <laughs> well, once again, for me, it's a both and. So I was, I was happy <laughs> with both movies, but I was, I was curious because I'm like, wait a minute, Sean Connery did a re, uh, you know, he, he did a reboot of one movie. I was trying to remember if it was eighties or nineties, but it was eighties. Yeah. Anyway, we're running out of time here. Ray, if people wanted to find your story, Doc, uh, Pastor Steve, not Doctor Pastor Stephen Grant novels. Does he, does he have a demon or anything? Is he uh, has he uh, gone after any advanced degrees after? Uh, uh, no, he, well he has. You know, he's he's a he's a pastor, so he has an MDiv. So they right, right. But he hasn't he hasn't gone on for a demon or PhD. Anyway, if people wanted uh, to read your novels, uh, Pastor Stephen Grant novels, how, how would they? find them on the internet and where easy would they peasy go to, to amazon.com and the paperbacks and kindle editions are there or you can go to raykeatingonline.com and you order them there and i will sign it and ship it off to you cool. personally cool. signed we should do a yes. we should do a giveaway yeah we should mm. i'd love to think about be great. that yeah well, we'll we'll run a contest uh, since we're going to do another spy program next. Uh, stay tuned for that one, and we're we're going to have a good time with that. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Oh gosh, we're running out of <laughs> running out of space on the card oh, again. Oh my! And yeah, love the way you said that away from your microphone, today. Uh, yeah, I was getting a little Buzzing. nervous, but uh, anyway, until next time, stay swell, everybody. We'll see you. See you next time. <laughs>